Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. That we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And God, I thank you that as I open my mouth to teach your people that you have already filled it. I thank you, Father God, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you on today. I thank you that the eyes of our understanding is being enlightened on today. I thank you, Father God, that the word is quick, it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I thank you that every person in this place on today, that their ears are open, God, to hear what the Spirit has to say unto the church. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God is a good God. Oh, yes, he is. No matter what we go through, how many know God is still good? Now, we can say that, right? Some of us can say God is good because Everything seemed like it's going well. But how many of us can say God is good even in the midst of the storm? Let's just be honest. Come on, we got to be really honest because when we're going through, when the attacks are coming one behind another, and I want you to know the enemy, when one attack comes, he comes with another attack. He just piles it on and piles it on and piles it on. This is why we have to be in position at all times. We have to be ready we have to have our armor on at all times amen open your bibles to genesis genesis chapter one and i'm gonna read verse one through verse three and we want to see what god want to do in this house genesis one verse one through verse three and it shouldn't take us long and the word of god now reads In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. You may be seated. I want to talk about speaking into existence what does not exist. Speaking into existence what does not exist. And what we want to do, we want to do it God's way. We don't want to do it our way. We don't just want to speak because somebody else is speaking. We don't just want to say something just because somebody else is saying it. We want to know that when we speak forth, we already have what we have spoken. Amen? So when we look at this, it says in the beginning, the first thing that we have to know in the beginning, that's before all things. God is before all things. Jesus was before all things. He was here before anything existed. 
Jehovah. That means the self-existing one. That means that nobody created him. He stands alone. Let's just think about that. See, if we take the word of God and we meditate on the word of God and take in what the word of God is saying, we will have an understanding of what's being said, right? So don't rush through reading the word of God. Take your time when you're reading the word of God because God speaks through his word. God speaks through his word. And I believe we take this word not literally for what it really is. There is power in the word of God. The word comes with power. So if we don't take this word line by line, precept by precept, this is what takes us from glory to glory to glory. Some of us want to get to a place so quick, but the only way that we can get where God is taking us to, it takes the word of God. This is why you got to know the word is sure. And this is why you got to know him personally. You have to get to know him on a personal basis. That way, when you get to know him, when he speaks, you can hear him. He said, my sheep, they hear my voice. They know my voice. So you have to know the voice of God. But through all the chaos, through all the things that we go through, sometimes God's voice get faint because it's a lot of things that we have taken in above God. So this is why we have to empty out. We have to empty out with these worries. We have to empty out with these anxieties. We have to empty out by turning off the television, by turning off, you know, whatever we have on. We have to turn it off to be able to hear what God has to say. So God is going to say according to his word. He's not going outside of his word. So you got to know that there's only one God. He's Jehovah. The self-existing one is one God, but he has many names. And I'm not going to go over these names because some people say, now, Pastor, you know it's on the test, but I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit, but I have to bring this out. He's Jehovah. He's a self-existing God. He's Elohim. He is the creator. He's the one that creates. So when it says in the beginning, God created, it was God who done this thing because he was here even before the mountains was brought forth, even before the earth and the world were formed. He was from everlasting to everlasting that's psalms 90 verse 2 so we have to first of all grasp that god was here before anyone or anything was here god was here before anyone or anything was here why am i repeating myself because people have many gods and this is why you hear dealing with um, the world where they always saying, you know, I, first I want to give um, God, uh, I believe God, or I want to thank God. They could be thanking not our God. They can be thanking another God because there are many gods and they use the God for what benefits them at that time. So you have to understand that everybody that say, Lord, Lord. They don't know him. Don't say they're born again. Because the Bible lets you know if a person is born again, then they're not going to keep sinning. Let me say it again. If a person is truly born of God, 
That means they have the seed of God that's in them, the seed of righteousness. That means they ain't going to keep sinning over and over and over again. They're not going to keep doing what the world does. Why? Because they are the righteousness of God. They are born of God. They are identified with God. And because of the Holy Spirit that's in them, guess what? They're not going to want to do that. They may fall, but eventually they're going to say, no, this is not who I am. This is not who God has created me to be. I don't want this no more. You're going to know the ones that are truly born of God. They're not going to want to sing secular no more. They're not going to want to be in clubs no more. They're not going to want to be on the red carpet to say, see me, hear me, be attached to me. I'm not about that anymore. Come on, you cannot be followers of those that's following the world that's saying they know him and they're doing stuff opposite to him. How can you know him if you love in the world? If you love the world, the love of God is not in you. So you have to know him when you get to know him for yourself. Any and everything is not acceptable. Any and everything is not acceptable. Even when it comes to music, you can hear the word of God in the music, but the beat is wrong. The sound is wrong. If the beat and the sound is wrong, even though they're saying words that come from the Bible, it is not right. So you have to be able to know him to know what's right. Amen. So in the beginning, God created. So we got to look at him first of all for who he is. When you get to know who he is, which here he is the creator, he created the heavens and the earth. It was God. It was not man. God done all this. And when we get this deep on the inside of us to say, God, you are not man. When we realize that, we will understand that we cannot depend on man. Our dependency have to be on God. That's why I say in the beginning, God created. So our dependency got to be on God because he is the creator. He created everything. He know how it should be. God created it. So we should go to the one who created everything. This is why George Washington Carver. This is what he did when the flowers wasn't acted right. When he was trying to figure out how this was made, he would get up very early in the morning. He would hold it before him and he would say, Mr. Creator, you know all about this. You know why this is doing what it's doing. So he would wait on Mr. Creator. That's how he got all his inventions. It come through God because God created everything. He know how it should be. So this is why our first thing is trusting God more than we trust man. You got to trust God more than you trust man. I believe sometimes we go to man. We don't even know if they believe or if they don't believe. We just go because of title. Because people say this one is good or this one is good. So we go to them. We don't think twice to to find out are they born of God? Do they really know God? We just go ahead and we trust them, right? We go in grocery stores. We get different things. We eat those things. We wash with those things. We put those things on. We trust what man has made and invented. But when it comes to God, we have doubts when God says stand still. There's a problem with that because if we're where we need to be in him, we would trust him more than we trust man. He said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. 
That means your whole heart got to put trust in him, got to put confidence in him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. That means if I'm trusting him, I'm not leaning over here to me. Unto what I understand. But I'm trusting him with all my heart. I'm not leaning and depending on me. On my understanding. But I'm acknowledging him in all my ways. And then the Bible says that he will direct my paths. So the first thing in this scripture is. We got to put God first and foremost. Because he's the creator. Without him nothing would be made that's made. And then it goes on, and I want to go to this, and I want everybody to understand verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was, was all on the face of the deep. Now, we're going to stay there because God saw the problem. He saw that it was dark. He saw that it was empty. He saw that it was a waste, right? The first thing is, When we get to speaking into existence what does not exist, we cannot deny what's there. I'm going somewhere. Some people are in denial with things that's going on in their lives. They don't want to speak that this is actually happening in their lives because they think that they're speaking something on themselves. You cannot deny what's in front of you. You cannot deny your children are cutting the food. You cannot deny that your marriage is just not where it should be. You cannot deny that you're going through in your body. You cannot deny that you're in debt. You cannot deny these things when they're right there in front of you. Because if you deny them, you become a liar. So many Christians are saying stuff like, oh, they sneezing. I ain't sick. You're denying What's right there in front of you. The first thing is you got to recognize what's there in front of you. God recognized the earth was without form. When you recognize what's in front of you, then you can begin to speak forth what you want it to be. Quit denying this ain't happening in my life. Yes, it's happening. Yes, your husband is running around on you. Quit denying that. Yes, your wife is cutting the food. Quit denying that. Yes, your child won't be stealing all over the place. Quit denying that. But you got to speak what God wants you to speak over the situation, but you don't deny the situation. Yes, there's fear in my life, but the word of God says, you cannot deny what's in front of you. If you got a flat tire on your car, you're going to tell somebody my tire ain't flat? Your tire flat. No, it ain't. Your tire is flat. No, it's not. You cannot deny what's in front of you. Whatever's in front of you, you cannot deny, but you don't have to accept it. You don't have to accept the flat tire because you're going to change it. This is why the enemy is having inroad into people's lives because they're doing things opposite to the way God wants them to be done. You got to do things the way God is doing it and not the way you think it needs to be done. So you can't deny it. Let me give you some scriptures on not denying it. So we're talking about not denying what we see. In Mark 11, 12 through 14, y'all familiar with this? It says that Jesus saw a fig tree from afar off. Jesus was hungry. 
How many of y'all, when you're hungry and you see something from afar off, and your refrigerator may be afar off, but you know what's in that refrigerator, even though it's afar off. So you're going to go to that refrigerator and open it up because you're looking from that leftover spaghetti or that chicken or whatever, that pork chop that you left over. You could see it from afar off, right? So Jesus was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. So he knew if that fig tree had leaves, then it should have some figs amongst those leaves. He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. In response, see that tree was speaking to Jesus. Come on, there's so many things that begin to speak to us. But what is going to be your response to what you're hearing? Jesus' response was, he said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now, why would Jesus respond to that tree? Because that tree responded to him. That tree was saying something that it actually wasn't doing. Y'all get it? It was saying something that it actually wasn't doing. How many of us in this room say, but don't do? And if you're saying it and you don't do it, you become a liar. Your intentions are to do it, but when you don't do it, you become a liar. Let me tell you what's happening when these things happen. If you always tell somebody, I'm going to be there, and you never show up on time, your heart is beginning to be deceived. So your heart is being so deceived that it takes a long time for your heart to come into alignment with what you're saying because you're saying opposite to what you're doing. So anytime you tell somebody something you're going to do, you need to make sure that you do it, y'all. And if you can't do it, don't tell somebody I'll be there in 20 minutes and you ain't left home. You're deceiving your own self. Your heart, you're deceiving your heart. So this is why Jesus, the fig tree said something, but the fig tree was deceiving. So Jesus said, I'm going to take care of you. You're not going to deceive nobody else. Thank God he don't do us like he done the tree. He said, you will not have any more figs. You will not grow anymore. So he cursed that tree. So did Jesus deny what he saw? No, he didn't. He saw a tree that had leaves that should have had figs. Is that not what he saw? Did he deny what he saw? Did Jesus turn his head and say, ain't no leaves on that tree? Did y'all Bible say that? So why are you denying what you see? You cannot deny what you see, but you can change what you see. When it don't line up to who you are or what the word says, but you don't deny it. I'm I'm going to say it again. You do not deny what you see. If something is happening in your house, you do not deny what you see. If something is going on in your house and you hearing it going on, I don't hear that. You do hear it. What you going to do about it? So this is what Jesus said. Another example, 2 Kings 4.1. 
a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah saying, your servant, my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my sons to be slaves, to be his slaves. Did she deny the creditors was coming to take her sons? This is what was happening, y'all. The creditors were coming to make her sons slaves. So what did she do? She spoke to the prophet. You, when you go to a doctor, are you going to sit there and look at him in his face and say nothing? He want to know why you come up in my office and you don't say nothing. What's wrong with you? You don't say nothing because you're afraid that if you tell him what's going on, it's going to be. They got to have an answer because you're sitting there. Anywhere you go, you got to communicate to let them know what's going on so they can tell you this is what it is. Correct? Anybody? I never seen nobody sit in a lawyer's office and get ready to get locked up and just sitting there. And the lawyer said, well, what did they charge you with? Did they put any charges on you? I don't know. Well, did they take you to jail? They took me somewhere. No, you're going to tell them, some of us, the truth, right? So the first thing is you don't deny what's in front of you. Y'all, I'm going to break it down today. You got to notice what's there, but you go into the word of God to change it. But you don't deny it. Anytime me and my husband have a situation going on, we got to be in agreement. That situation is going on. This is what's happening here and now. So what we're going to do with it, we're going to put the word on it. Understand this. I ain't putting no Google on it. Some of y'all too much on Google. You're trying to figure out what's going on with you, but the word will help you. You on Google and everybody have an opinion on Google. That's why you Google. Well, I got a bump on my toe. This person is saying it's cancer. That person is saying it's fungus. That person is saying, oh, your toe going to fall off. You must be a diabetic. Who are you going to believe? Everybody got an opinion. Y'all didn't know? Come on, that's why they call it Google and what else is it? Safari, Safari. You Google things to find out because you want to know how many of y'all when you're fixing something, you go on YouTube, you Google it and see what somebody else done. Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't work, but it helps you to what? Figure it out. That's man, right? So y'all follow me. You got to understand, first of all, what's going on. On. You cannot deny what's going on. God give all of us common sense to let us know that if a wife ain't acting right, men, you know something going on when she lying and say, I'm all right. Honey, what's wrong? Nothing. They know you. They've been with you too long. And you still say nothing. But you know something is going on. So we don't deny what's going on. God did not deny it. He knew the earth was formless. He knew it was empty. He knew there was nothing there. He knew that darkness was there. So the next thing that God did, God said, I'm going to handle the earth. I'm going to handle this chaos. I'm going to put it in order the way it need to be. So how did God do it? 
I'm going to take my time because God is showing somebody something. Then it says, the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the spirit of God, the power of God was there, was waiting. What was he waiting for? For God to speak. Then God said, God was not going to leave it like it was. Our problem is we see what's going on, but we leave it like it is. The reason why we leave it like it is because we figure I can't handle this. No, you can't, but God has already handled it. God said, see, you got, you can't put yourself in the place of God. You got to understand God. I can't do this, but I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. I'm speaking forth those things that be not as though they were. Even though it looked tore up from the flow up, I see it's tore up, but God said. So we got to speak. God said, let there be. God said, see, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God, right? So we know that the word was there in the beginning to do a work, y'all. And this is what we got to understand. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away. It shall pass away, but the earth is going to remain. But the word is going to remain. Why? Because it's forever settled in heaven. It stands firm. It is established forever. That means it's going nowhere. It's from everlasting to everlasting. There is no end to the word of God. The word of God is sure. We know that the grass withered, the flower falleth or fadeth, but the word of God endures forever. Come on, we got to understand the word endures forever. Everything may change around you, but the word ain't changing. Because he said all of my promises are yes in Christ. Everything in Christ is yes. And that's why we say amen, meaning it is so. So when God was speaking, God said, let there be. When God said, let there be, he's saying, let there become, let there exist. That's what that be mean. Let there become, let there exist. So God is speaking what he wants to exist that does not exist. Y'all get it? God said, let there become. God said, let there exist. He was speaking what he wanted to exist opposite to what he saw let's do it again then God said let there be God said let there be let there become let there exist God said let there be let there become let there exist God was speaking what he wanted to become he was speaking what he wanted to be and what he spoke was let there be light in the midst of this darkness to overcome this darkness he said let there be light and the Bible says and there was light What are you speaking in your situation? Are you speaking darkness or are you speaking light over your situation? When you speak the word of God, the word is going to quicken. The word is going to bring life. It's going to bring light to that situation. But if we're complaining and we're murmuring, we're only getting what we're saying. He said, let there be. 
No matter what you see, you want to be what the word of God said it should be. No matter what you see, you want it to become what the word of God says it should become. But the problem is, if you don't know what the word is saying, you're going to speak opposite to what the word is saying. The problem with the church is, if you ain't in the word, the word can't get in you, so you speak in opposite to the word. Some of us are like windshield wipers. One day I'm healed, the next day I ain't. One day I'm prosperous, the next day I'm not. You cannot speak opposite. Let's go look at a man that we are so familiar with. I believe God is bringing this in here because we need it. Because some of us get so discouraged because it seems like that situation is the same situation. You don't understand the word. Because even though it may appear to be the same, the word is still at work. The word is still doing what it needs to be doing. Because God said, my word... It's not coming back to me void. It's not coming back to me empty. But my word, I'm sending it out to wherever I need to send it out. And it's going to prosper and it's going to succeed in the thing I sent it to do. God is so sure of his word. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Everything is upheld by the word of God. So as you speak the word of God, there is a sound way going out to all of God's creation. And how you speaking and is waking up from the dead and life is coming to that situation because God created it that way. Oh, we don't understand. So he's saying, you got to speak. You can't just be thinking. You got to speak forth. What God is saying, not going on your feelings, how you feel. It ain't faith, is no feeling. It ain't about how you feel. It's about what God said. God, you said. So even though I'm feeling this way emotionally, you still got to honor what you said because it is written. But I got to take what is written and do rima with it, the spoken word. What has been revealed is on the pages, but it ain't doing you no good until you begin to speak it. For man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. God said, God had to speak. How many times did God say in Genesis, the first chapter, he called it forth. It said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God didn't have no doubt that there was not going to be no light. Then the Bible said, he saw what he said, and the light was good. So even though you speak in it, you got to see it. Because your words create pictures. Did y'all not know? When I say black dog, how many see a black dog? May not be the size of my little black dog. You may see a big black dog, but it's a black dog, right? So we got to understand that words create pictures. And I don't know about you. Sometimes we get pictures of death more than we get pictures of life. We get more pictures of people, tragic things happen, than we get more of things dealing with life. That's when you know where you are. 
As soon as something is going on and all of a sudden you see death, you need to check yourself. You need to check where you've been. Because see, it's some kind of seed there that has been planted because you're supposed to be seeing life. Because life comes from God. You don't supposed to see death all the time. When something is happening in your life, you don't supposed to say, oh, Lord, mama had it, daddy had it. Now you're seeing yourself with it. That's the mental picture that you have created by your words, by the way you've been thinking. So God saw that it was good. But it was a man in the Bible was so familiar with this man. His name is Abraham. Y'all remember Abraham, he had such a relationship with God that when God told Abraham to do something, he done it. Why? Because he trusted in God. He had faith in God that God was going to do exactly what he said. Now, this man, he trusted God so much that God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. The reason why God done that, he said, because every time somebody call you Abraham, you're going to see yourself as a father of many nations. That's what Abraham means, father of many nations. So when Abraham is outside and they're saying, Father Abraham, he's seeing himself as a father of many nations. So that seed is getting implanted in him. So when you look at Romans 4, 17 through 21, it says, as it is written in the scriptures, I'm making, have made you a father of many nations. This is true before in the presence of God, the God Abraham believed. Did y'all hear that? The God Abraham believed. Do you believe that same God? When God give you a promise, do you believe that promise even though it looks far away? Are you still trusting God for what God has said to you? He said, the God who gives life to the dead and who creates something out of nothing. That means call those things that be not as though they were. Now listen at this. Though there was no hope that Abraham would have children. Or when all seemed hopeless against hope, Abraham believed God. Can we still believe God when it's against hope? When things look hopeless. Come on, y'all. Let's just be honest with ourselves. When things look hopeless in our lives sometimes, we try to make things work. We try to bring hope to that situation outside of God. But the Bible says that Abraham believed God and continued to hope. Even though it looked hopeless, Abraham said, I'm still going to believe God. Can you say that in this room today? Even though things in your life look tore up, even though your body is still going through, even though things are tore up in your home, you can still say, I believe God. Can we still say, I believe you, God. I trust you, God. I ain't going to deny what's in front of me, but I believe what you say. So this is what Abraham did. And then it went on to say, God is just so good, y'all. Abraham was almost 100 years old, much past the age for having children. His body was as good as dead, and Sarah could not have children. Sarah's womb was dead. Listen at this. Abraham thought about, considered, acknowledged this, but his faith in God did not become weak. Check that out. Abraham acknowledged he was old. Sarah's womb was dead, but it didn't weaken his faith. Come on, how many of us, when we're going through a situation, we focus more on that situation instead of focusing on what God's word say? 
God always tell me, don't lose your focus. Don't let people take your focus. See, that's why you got to separate from people who's always complaining, who's always nagging, who always got something to say about somebody else. You got to cut it off if they're not listening to what God is saying. You cannot share stuff with everybody because the ones you think you sharing with dealing with your pain, dealing with your agony. The only thing they're doing is telling other people they're crazy. They need to go get that checked out. They could have this and they can have that. But when you believe God, you ain't worrying about what nobody else have to say. You ain't getting their opinion because God has said what need to be said. He, he knew his body. He knew something was going on with his body. He knew he was past the age of having children. He knew Sarah's womb was dead. But this is what he said. But it did not weaken his faith. How many of us today that when things go on, our faith become weakened? That's because we're considering what's in front of us. You become weak. You lose strength when you hear certain things that ain't good news. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, your body just drop. All of a sudden, you may, may get dizzy. You know, you're having anxiety. You're having panic attacks because you heard something. But that's when your faith shouldn't be weak. That's when we should become strong in God and in the power of his might. So Abraham's faith did not come weak in that situation. It said he never doubted or stopped believing or wavered through unbelief that God would keep his promise. He grew stronger in faith and gave praise and glory to God. Abraham felt sure, was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Abraham wasn't basing it on Abraham. Abraham was basing it on God. He said, God already know that I'm too old to have children. He already know that Sarah's womb is dead. But I'm not going on our bodies. I'm going on what he said. My faith is in him and not in me. Can we say our faith is in God and not in us? When we say our faith is in God, no matter what it looked like, no matter what it appeared to be, we say, God, you said. I'm only going on what you said, and I'm going to give you glory for what you said. I'm not going on how I feel. And I'm not denying that the pain is still here, but I know I'm already healed. Because you said by Jesus' stripes, I was already healed. So pain, you got to go in the name of Jesus. We can't share the same house. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and not pain. I'm not serving you today. You got to giddy up and you got to go. That pain, guess what? When you focus on what the word say, you're going to be like, oh my God. It's gone. It's not here no more. Why? Because you didn't lose focus on what God said. And eventually by Abraham, Abraham already had it spiritually. It was a done deal. But it had to be brought forth naturally. So by Abraham keeping faith in God, guess what? When he got 100 years old, okay, he said, you know what? Sarah's going to become pregnant. And this time next year, she's going to have a child. Sarah laughed at him. But guess what? You can laugh all you want. I'm standing on my word. He said, I don't change just because you're laughing. That don't mean I'm changing. Y'all catch it. 
just because you're laughing, I'm not changing my mind. I'm God, I change not. I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. Do you know everything about us is already written? So it don't matter what I choose to believe or what I want to believe. God's already written it. It's already written. My life is already written. So that's why I have to spend time with him and say, God, this is the day that you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it because, God, you already prepared this day for me. So help me to live out the day that you have prepared for me. God, I'm going to cast all my burdens upon you today because you said that you love me. You concerned about me. So we have to take the word and use the word for what it is, just like Abraham did. Come on, when God sent a word to his people, that word was already sure. He was giving the word to the prophets. The prophets were speaking the word. And guess what? The word did come to pass. So this is what God want us to do in the church. He want us to take the word for what it is. He want us to take the word as our medicine and say, God, this is what you're saying today. He's saying, my son, pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto all that find them. They are health unto all flesh. So every day we take this word, no matter what situation we're in, we take the word of God. And sometimes it seems as if that word is not working. But I'm going to tell you what happens. A farmer, when he plants a seed, he has to prepare the ground first before he put the seed in the ground. That ground that we prepare is our hearts. You have to make your heart ready to accept the word of God. When he put the seed in the ground, he don't keep digging up that seed. He know with the surety that this going to bring forth. It's going to grow. So he go on about his day, but guess what he's doing? He's watching over that seed to make sure there's no grass, to make sure there's nothing there that will hinder that seed from growing. This is what happens with the word. When you plant the word in your heart, you want to watch over that word. You want to make sure that you ain't got stuff in there, doubt, unbelief, that would dig up that seed. You want to make sure that seed stayed planted until it's time for it to bring forth. So this is why we miss out because we keep digging up the seed because we're saying it's not working. It's not happening. But the Bible says God hastened. He watches over his word to perform it. God's word is going to come forth. It's going to bring forth for whatever he has sent it to do. If you're speaking over your body and you're saying, body, you are the healed of the Lord. Guess what? That body going to scream out, I ain't healed. You are the healed of the Lord. And you're going to get up and you're going to be what I say you are. You are who I say you are. Be healed. Be made whole. You ain't denying what's going on, but you're speaking. What the word of God is telling you to speak. And God is not going to go back over his word. He said, I'm going to hasten it. I'm going to watch over it to perform it. And you know what we do? We wait on man to tell us, well, it's all clear. Everything is all fine. Everything check out fine. You're supposed to have heard that before you went. If we wait no man to tell us it's all right, that means our trust is in what man say than in what God has already said. If we have to get an okay from man, then we should have been had an okay from God first. I'm reminded, 
I told y'all God set me up every time I get ready to teach something. He did it again. You know, speaking those things that be not as though they were, God showed me this young woman. And it's a true story. She's an athlete. She's very fast, very fast runner. Um, she was going after the goal. She was practicing all the time. She just got married. But she found out her body, something was off with her body. When she went to the doctor, several doctors, they told her there's nothing there. It's nothing wrong with your body. You are healthy. Everything is okay in your body. She did an MRI. She did all these tests. They couldn't find nothing. They say, well, it's probably stress. It's probably something you're going through, anxiety, but we find nothing. So she kept running. And her coach would just kept pushing her because when the coach heard them say, it's nothing wrong with your body, he, he just said, we're going to push, we're going to push. So he kept pushing her and pushing her, and she was trying. But then it got to the point she knew something is not right. I know something is not right. So one day she went to uh, a lady uh, coach that she had in her earlier years, and she went to her and she said, something is not right with my body. The coach looked at her which was a doctor, wasn't a coach, a doctor. And she said, you're right. Something's not right with your body. I'm not going to describe what was going on because there's some people in the room that would pick up that diagnosis because that's where you are. I'm not going to say even what it was because some people will pick that up. And the reason why you pick it up because it's fear. And then you'll grab hold to it. So I'm not going to say what it was. So anyway, she looked at her and she said, I'm going to refer you to someone else. So she referred her to someone else, to this other doctor. And he came back and he told her, he said, yes, this is what it is. Now, this girl, they told her, he said, from what we have to do, there's no cure for it. She said, well, I have to stop running. He said, I can't say that. This girl went and she was determined. She was waiting on the coach. Remember I said, man. This coach had been with her from years. This is uh, from her college years on up. So she trusted this coach. Her dad was a pastor. He had a church. So she would always wear a necklace with the cross on it when she ran. How many know you can have something on your neck with the cross and it means nothing? It's just something you wear. So this girl, she, you know, moving forward, the doctor told her, well, what we can do, we can give you radiation. We can give you radiation for it. And I'm going to say this, get this out of your head. It wasn't cancer. We can give you this for it and this would help it. But I need for you to take this to help you while you're going through it. Now, she said, no, I'm not going to take it. This is what she told her husband because it would stop her and slow her down from practicing. Her husband got mad because she was getting sicker and sicker and wouldn't do like the doctor was telling her to do. She had her mind made up. So he went to her coach and said, tell her she listens to you to take this medicine. He said, I can't do that. He left. The girl got so sick that she couldn't do nothing else. Y'all, it got so bad with this woman that her feet were so big they were deformed. She was bleeding from her feet. That's just how bad it got. So her husband, he left because she wouldn't listen to her husband. He found her in the house, passed out. When they took her to the hospital, first she told her dad and her mom, you talking about faith, that was out the window. None of that. She went in the hospital, long story short, when they 
got her back, they told them we might have to amputate both her feet. So her mother and father, they were upset, but the coach came in and the coach said this. She came to me and told me, should I take these pills? He said, now, I'm her coach and I coach her, but she's her own person. I cannot tell her what to do. So I didn't advise her anything. This girl, when the coach went to see her, and she said, do not let them take my feet. Do not let them take my feet. She looked at the wall because the coach would always tell her, look down the track. What do you see? She said, I see a wall. He said, you got to go further than that wall. I want you to go beyond what you see. Y'all get it? Just because you see that, you got to go past what you see. So when she was in that hospital bed, she said, coach, you see that? He said, see what? He said, see that wall? She said, no. I see outside that wall. She said, I see myself running. She said, I'm seeing past that. Even the situation that was going on with her was deadly. She said, I see past that. This girl came home. When she came home, she was in the wheelchair, could not stand. But when she got home, she called her coach over after I don't know how long it was. And they were sitting down talking. And she told him, she said, I'm going for the goal. He said, no, 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 no. She said, no, I'm going for the goal. He turned around. She got out the chair and she stood up. And she just stood there. She said, I said, I'm going for the goal. So he said, okay, this is what we got to do. This is where we're going to start. We're going to do little by little. He took her to the track, y'all. She got out the wheelchair and she stood up. She said, I can't do this. Because it hurt. Her feet were hurting so bad. She said, I can't do this. He said, yes, you can. He said, he put a little, a little stick down there, a white stick. He said, you remember when we first started, you had to go a little at a time. And he called it something else. She said, yeah, he put it out there. He said, go a little. She did it a little, the pain. She got through that. Y'all, by the time she got her mind built up to where she was going, this girl went and got the gold medal. I'll let y'all know the name of that picture. But she got it. And guess what she did, y'all? In the process of training, she took off the necklace that she had, believe in God, because her dad was a faith man. When he talked about, I don't want to hear that, she was mad. But when she got herself built back up, she took off her daddy necklace and put it around her neck. And I'm here to tell y'all, this girl won. What am I saying? Your mind controls your body. She had to get her mind built up to believe that she could. And I want to tell y'all what really happened. Her faith wasn't in God. Her faith was in what she believed she could do. Y'all don't get it. It was in what she believed she can do. But she, do you know how far we can go? Beyond that with God. She just focused on what she wanted. How many people focus on what they want and they get? 
Your focus cannot be off, y'all. The devil is taking our focuses off because he knows the word works. That's why he twisted the word in the garden because he know what the word does. So he twisted the word to get the woman to hear what he was saying instead of hearing what God was saying was true. And this is why sin come in the world because of disobedience. And this is why some of us keep sicknesses is because we're trusting the sickness more than we're trusting what God's saying. And we're checking every day to see, is it still there? But when we trust God and do what God tell us to do, I remember one day God told me this, y'all. I was having a situation and the situation that I was having seemed like it was lingering for two weeks. (laughs) This is so funny. But the Lord told me, he said, I want you to focus. I want you to focus on me and not what's going on with you. So I'm saying, okay, God, but the situation I was having, it was kind of hard not to focus because of what was going on. But God said, no, I want you to focus on me more than you focusing on that situation. He had to get my attention. Sometimes God got to get your attention. He got to put your attention back where it need to be. Because in the run of a day, when you having this going on and that going on and this going on and that going on and everything is haywire, God said, put your attention back on me. So I say, okay, God, I'm going to focus on what you said. So I focus on God. And once I focus on God, God said, this is what I want you to do. This is so funny. So I did what God told me to do. It was so simple. And once I did it, immediately, that was the end of that. But he had to get my attention. God said, I want your attention. Your attention is too much on me, myself, and I. What about me? Do anybody ever think about me? Nobody know what I go through. See, I could have been in that situation, but I didn't do it. What I did was put my focus on, no, this is what you said. No, this is what you want me to do. Yes, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay attention. Uh Uh-uh, not today. And the more I did that, Then God told me what to do. And immediately when I done it, boom, it was immediately. Do you know why we don't have immediately? Because we don't listen. When we don't listen to God, even though healing is there. Y'all healing is there. Why? Because the healer is in you. Healing is not far off. It's in you. But you got to wake it up. How do you wake it up? You sent your word and you have healed me. You have delivered me from pain. You have delivered me from sickness. You have delivered me from diabetes. You have delivered me from whatever you need to be delivered from. He said, I have already sent my word. You speak in those things that be not as though they were. You let go of it. It will let go of you. Now, if you're not, not willing to let go of it, it is not going to let go of you. But we have to speak it. See, the things that's in front of us, y'all, I don't know about y'all. When my kids go through, I go through. When I see them down, the enemy try to make me feel down. But one thing I know, I said, devil, you are a liar. You're going to take your hands off my children. And I speak what I want to happen in their lives. And I go on about my business because I ain't got time to do like this. 
righteousness because their lives are already written. God has already did that. You can't make them do nothing, but you can send the word. And say, you're going to rise up off of your bed of affliction. Everything the enemy meant for your harm, God has already turned it around and made it for your good. I don't have to speak it in front of their faces. I just send the word, and the word is going to aim right at that target. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know the word works because I have sent it to Chapel Hill many a times. I have sent it in the midst of what's going on and I'm hearing what's going on. And I say, God, that ain't what you said. Mm -mm, That ain't what you said. God, you said, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. So I'm sending the word. We owe no man nothing but to love him. Favor surrounds her like a shield. So Father, I thank you that everything that she's in the need of, you have already supplied it in Jesus' name. So throughout the day, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for doing a good work, a complete work. You're doing a complete work in her. And you're going to finish that work even until the day of Jesus Christ. No weapon formed against my children shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against them in judgment, thou shalt condemn. You created them to be whom you will have them to be. Not whom I want them to be, but whom you will have for them to be. And every day... You're confessing it not to get something to happen. You're confessing it because you know it's already happened. You do not speak forth to get it to happen. You speak what's already written. We speak because we're hoping that it's going to happen. But we speak it because we know it has already happened. The Bible says when Jesus cursed that fig tree and they saw that that fig tree was dead, Jesus already knew it was dead. Jesus didn't sit there and say, now, boys, you following me. So we're going to sit right here and you're going to see it wither up and die. So let's just take a seat. He didn't do that. He went about his father's business. Then when they come back round, they say, master. The tree that you curse, it has withered up. Jesus like, and you think it wouldn't? And then he, the only thing he said is, have faith in God. Then he went on in details. He began to say, you speak to that mountain. You know what we're saying? God, can you tell the devil to leave me alone? God, can you tell that old devil? God, can you tell sickness to leave me alone? Can you tell death to leave me alone? Can you tell my enemies to leave me alone? God said, you speak. Quit. What did he tell Moses? Moses, why are you talking to me? You got the power in your hand. Lift up that rod. Tell that sea to be departed. It ain't going nowhere until you lift it up. Lift the rod up. He said, Moses, I want you to hit the rock. (laughs) Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. He got off of that rock because he got off speaking to it because they made him mad. 
So God said, you speak to that mountain. But when you speak into that mountain, he said, I don't want you to doubt in your heart. You got to speak and have no doubt. You got to have faith-filled words while you're speaking. Paul said, I only speak what I believe according to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. You don't just speak to get something to happen. You speak because you know it's already happened. He said, don't have doubt in your heart. But you got to tell the mountain where you want that mountain. Speak to that mountain. Tell that mountain, you get out of here. You can't stay here in the name of Jesus. You don't belong here. So you got to speak to that mountain. You got to tell that mountain where you want that mountain to go. How many of us are still putting up with a mountain? How many? How many? How many? All of us are still putting up with a mountain. But we got to speak to it. We got to tell the mountain, I want you to leave this house. I want you to go right now in the name of Jesus. Quit entertaining your mountain. I don't know about y'all. You let go of it, it'll let go of you. I was entertaining my mountain, getting up every morning, speaking the word, entertaining my mountain, crying out to God, saying, God, why this thing ain't moving? God, I'm speaking the word over it. It's still here. God said, quit babysitting. I said, what you talking about babysitting? Who am I babysitting? He said, you babysitting your situation. Every morning you get up, you talking to me about the same situation. You telling me what's going on like I don't know what's going on. When are you going to quit babysitting this situation and let go of it? I'm like, oh my good God, I've been babysitting this thing. He said, when you get up, that's the first thing you're talking about. Well, God, I don't understand, God. I'm speaking the word over it, God. And I'm still feeling it, God. He said, you're babysitting. He said, let go of it. The problem was... I entertained it so long that it was hard to let go of it. Y'all, have y'all entertained something so long? Sometimes it gets so hard to let go of it because your body done got used to it. Like entertaining Pepsis and Coca-Colas and pig feet and pork chops and all this kind of stuff. We entertain and don't want to let go of it and, and salt. All this stuff we entertain and don't want to let go of it. All of us, we entertain something. It's something that we hold on to that we figure we can't live without. It can't live without me. I can't live without it. We can't live without it. It can't live without me. I just got to have it. It's talking to me. Even while I'm speaking on these things, y'all are seeing it clearly. Who see a piece of pork chop? Who see the Pepsi? Who see the tea? Who see all this stuff we're entertaining that we don't want to let go of, but we're going back to God and saying, God, I don't understand my blood pressure. I'm taking my pills, God. I'm doing all I can do, God. I'm speaking the word over that pressure. I'm telling it to go down and you're chewing on a piece of pork chop while you're talking to God. I don't understand, God, why this ain't functioning right. I don't understand, God, why I'm so bloated. God, I just don't understand, God. Doing all, that's the problem. You doing all you want to do and can do. Y'all ain't nothing but the truth. And then we, we, we just tell people, hallelujah, God, heal me. God set me free. And this is what we do, y'all. I ain't going back to that no more. 
Wait on it. Wait on it. Can somebody do like SpongeBob's do? What's, what's that thing on SpongeBob that say? Thank you, Mitch. Say it again, Mitch. Not even a day. One minute later. But we call on God. I had a lady, bless her heart, Vengeance of Newton. We had a healing line. Lady come up in the healing line. She wanted healing. I said, okay, uh, what are you doing? You, you need to stop doing this right here. God is a healer, but you got to back off some of this. Okay. Blood pressure problems. Next Sunday, she was back in the line. I politely said, are you doing what you're supposed to? No, go sit down. This ain't no game. And we blame God when something happened to us. But we're the ones that's disobedient. Now, if we know that God is who he say he is, then we need to quit doing what we're doing. So we can always have what God says that we can have. Let's check ourselves. Everybody in this room need to check themselves. See what you're eating that you shouldn't be eating. See where you're going that you shouldn't be going. See what you shouldn't be doing. And that's when things are changing in your life. So when God told me to let go of it and it'll let go of me that day, I made up my mind. I said, okay, God, I'm going to let go of it. But I'm going to need your help to help me to let go of it because you already done what you said. Y'all, that day when I made up my mind to let go of it, was it still trying to nag me? Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Seemed like it was getting mad because it knew I'm going to let you go because flesh got attached to it. But when I made up my mind and I start thanking God that, I'm free of it. Y'all, when it left, I didn't even know when it left. Only thing I knew was my mind was so focused on what God was telling me to do. But then one day I said, oh, my Lord, it gone. Now, when I said it was gone, it tried to flare up again. Whatever your body get used to, your body will project. I said, no, not today. And I start speaking the word. And the more I spoke the word and stayed focused on the word, I wasn't focused on it. And let me tell you something, God, I recognized God for being who he say he was. But I could not recognize him for being who he say he was until I let go of it. Because I was trying to share it and God at the same time. So who are your it's in this room? What is it in your life that you're afraid to let go of? Because you feel like, if I don't do this, it won't work. The only way you're going to know God truly for yourself is to really trust him. And start speaking what God is saying. Not going on how you're feeling. Y'all, every day I have to remind myself with my husband, with the children, with the church, with myself. God, I can't do this. But I know what you said. God, I can't handle this, 
but I know what you said. So God, I thank you for giving me the strength to get through this. And I have to redirect my mind off of what's going on and put my mind back on him. In him I live, in him I move, and in him I have my being. And the stronger you get in him, the more the attacks are going to come. But if you're talking about your attacks more than you're talking about him, that means that that's your idol. That's your God. Our focus has to be more on him than it's on anything or anybody. Go with me to Mark, the 11th chapter. This is what Jesus said in verse 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, you got to speak. You got to say to the mountain. You got to say to that mountain, whatever's going on to your life, in your life, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. You cannot have doubt in your heart, but believe those things he says will be done. You got to believe that what you are saying will be done you will have whatever you say. Y'all, isn't that simple? So we got to check our hearts for doubt. We got to say, God, do I really believe you? Am I really trusting you? Then we got to get rid of the doubt. You doubt, you do without. So we have to learn that in order to speak forth those things that be not as though they were, we have to speak according to the word. You have to speak what the word is saying opposite to what you think, opposite to what you believe. You want to stand on what the word is saying in spite of what's going on around you. Y'all, we can speak a good game. You can hear some people speaking with so much confidence, but you don't see nothing changing in their lives. Come on now. You can see people tell you this, but their life ain't lining up with what they're telling you. The way we know we believe God is when things happen in our lives. That's when we know if we're in a place to believe God. That's when we know if we're standing, doing all to stand. So begin to speak according to the word. Don't speak according to what you feel or what you see. And the more you get in alignment with the word and that seed is planted, don't dig up the seed. Keep that seed watered. Keep that seed watered. Keep praise on that seed and say, God, I thank you because this is what you're saying. Speak what you want to exist. Don't speak what you don't want. Mind controls your body. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. Separate yourselves from people that speak in doubt and unbelief. Separate yourself from people that is not believing what you believe because that's when things begin to change in your life. So we want to be able to speak what God is speaking. And as we do that, we will see things come forth in our lives. Let's begin to empty out and say, God, show me what's in my life that shouldn't be in my life. Show me what to do and how to do it and when to do it. Amen. Y'all, God's words work. His word work. I'm, I'm a... True believing, I know I got some in here that know that God's word works, amen? And God don't need no help. Do you all know that? And what I mean by no help, you may go to a lawyer, you may go to a doctor, whoever you may go to, that lawyer or doctor tell you ain't nothing I done. That's when you know they didn't give you no medicine. They didn't even have to gut you up. 
that went back and looked and said, what I saw, I don't see it no more. Ain't nothing I done. That's how God works. Man ain't got no hand in it. That's how God works. Or it may be another situation where man is saying, it wasn't my hand. It was something that come all over me. I can't explain. They're going to have to speak forth what they didn't do, knowing that it's God. And they begin to glorify God more than they're glorifying them. That's when you know God is in it. Because nobody take credit for it. It's all him, y'all. So let's learn to speak those things that be not as though they were. Speak what you want to come to pass according to the word and stand on it. Y'all, it works because it has worked and is still working in our lives over 23 years. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. I want to um, leave with the illustration. Mitch, I want to use you. Wait a minute. Let me ask y'all. This. Okay, Mitch, come up here. I'm going to use you. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.